Hey everybody, welcome or welcome back to the Fuel Church Podcast. We're so excited that you're joining us today. We want to thank all of you that give generously to this ministry. It's because of your giving that this ministry is possible. To give, you can visit us at thefuelchurch.com. We hope this message inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy! been in this series going to God's Word to answer some of life's toughest questions. You ever had some tough questions? You ever had some tough things happen that you didn't know the answers for? And uh, we've been looking to God's Word. It's got a whole lot of answers, doesn't it? Uh, week number one, we answered the question, why doesn't God answer my prayer? Week number two, we answered the question, why does God feel so far away? Then last week, we talked about the, the question was, what should Christians do in the last days? Today, we're going to talk about this question. How do I stay positive in such a negative world? Here we go. If you got a seatbelt, go ahead and buckle up. It's about to get good. Uh, I don't know if you know, but we have a pandemic of negativity. I said we have a pandemic of negativity that has increased in the last couple years. Um, how many have ever heard the term, I have good news and bad news, which do you want first? Come on, when your spouse comes home or a friend says that to you, which do you want first? How many want the good news first? Raise your hand, raise your hand. How many want the bad news first? Uh, more people want the bad news first. Well, here's a few funny things about that. The defense lawyer says to her client, I have good news and bad news. The client says, what's the bad news? The lawyer says, your blood matches the DNA found at the murder scene. Oh no, cries the client. What's the good news? Well, the lawyer said, your cholesterol is way down. Next one. Teenager says to his father, I have good news and bad news, dad. The father says, give me the good news first. The teenager says, the airbags work really well in your new truck. Last one, last one. The husband says to the wife, I have good news and bad news, honey. The wife says, tell me the bad news first, as most wives want the bad news first. The husband says, the washing machine broke. The wife says, oh no, what's the good news? The husband says, the dogs are clean. (laughs) Get that on the way home. Let's be honest, we live in a chronically negative world with so many voices of discouragement. It's so easy for us as believers, as Christians, to get sucked into that world, right? I mean, you go to work, and what do you hear? The first time, the first couple minutes you walk through the doors, it's, it's negativity, right? Oh, this job, we got to do another week here, and the management, and our boss, and I heard they're laying off people, right? We jump on social media. It's predominantly negative news on there. Hello. We're bombarded by negativity everywhere. I mean, we flip on the news, and we're in fear of sending our kids to school now. Negative news. I mean, there's the economy is struggling. More killings, more hate. Nations at war. Negativity will wear us out if we allow it to. Negativity is really like a cancer that destroys everything in its path. So we're going to go to God's word to help us today. How many want some help with that? I know I do, because I've found myself... 
very easily leaning into it. I'm an optimistic, glass-half-full type of guy. You may be a pessimistic, glass-half-empty type of person, but even us optimistic people can tend to be negative at times when we focus on the wrong things. Okay? And so we're going to go to God's Word. Before we do, I just want to let you know about a study they did uh, that they said, here are the, the things that negativity will do to us. Number one, it damages our confidence. It shatters our values. It lowers our self-esteem. It robs us of our joy. It drains us of our energy. It impairs our peace of mind. It ravages our health. It distorts our clarity of mind. And it causes us to be less productive. How many are positive about that? <laughs> Nobody. Where does this negativity come from, we ask? Well, I believe there's three major voices where the negativity come from. And uh, the voices are this, the voice of others. Someone say the voice of others. Number two, the voice of ourselves. The voice of ourselves. Number three, the voice of the enemy. Someone say the voice of our enemy. And so we have to realize that these voices can get us down. They can bring toxic negativity into our lives. The voice of others is so important who we surround ourselves with. And we're going to talk about that here in a moment. But we can be impacted and we can make wrong choices because of who we surround ourselves with. Then we have the voice of ourselves, And sometimes that's the worst voice, isn't it? Like I always say, the greatest enemy is the inner me, right? And if we listen to the inner me, the enemy inside of us, he can bring us down with negativity. And then we have the voice of the enemy who is constantly going against everything that God says that we are in his word. You know, God wrote this book and he declares promises over us and he declares blessings over us and he declares who we are when we align ourselves with him and his word and the enemy will come and tell us who we're not, what we can't do, what we can't accomplish, right? He always takes the word of God and turns, turns it around into a lie. And so we have these voices, the voice of others, the voice of ourselves and the voice of the enemy. I want us to go to Paul's writing in 2 Corinthians and see how Paul uh, was encouraged in a time of trouble. He writes this letter to the church of Corinth, and he says this, chapter 7, verse 5 and 6. He says, when we arrived in Macedonia, there was no rest for us. We faced conflict from every direction with battles on the outside and fears on the inside. Come on, how many say that's, that describes the last two years? Battles on the outside, come on now, and fear on the inside. I love this next part, but God. Someone say, but God. But God. Look out when it says, but God, who encourages those who are discouraged. He, he, he encouraged us by the arrival of Titus. So God knew that Paul was discouraged. The church of Corinth was discouraged because they were facing battles on the outside and fears on the inside, but God sent someone to encourage them named Titus, named Titus. You know, I'm reminded that God will encourage us in many different ways when we find ourselves with battles on the outside and fears on the inside. Sometimes it's through a worship song. Man, we got the best band in the land, by the way. Amazing. Every week they lead us into the presence of God. Sometimes it's that song. Sometimes it's a message, 
right? Sometimes you open your app, your Bible app, and it's the scripture of the day. Other times it's in your devotional time. God will encourage you if you listen. He'll send Titus your way. Sometimes it's a trusted friend. Sometimes it's a text message from someone who really cares about you and prays over you and felt led to send you that scripture, that that was the very scripture you needed to encourage you. I want to tell you today that no matter what battle you have on the outside, no matter what fears you may be facing on the inside, that I believe today you're going to leave encouraged. Amen? How many believe that today? You're going to leave with a little vitamin E today. Encouragement. And you know one of the best ways to get encouraged is to give encouragement? Huh? The, the, the moments when I'm in the valley, the moments when I'm down, the moments when I'm feasting on negativity, because I get there too, right? We all get there. Uh, I remind myself, if I want to get out of that valley, I need to find somebody to encourage, right, as quick as I can. And the moment I start to encourage others, the moment I start to hear what they're facing, my mountain gets a little smaller, right? My perspective changes, And so I want to encourage you today to be an encourager. I believe you're most like God when you encourage others. You're most like God when you speak words of life to each other. And I just firmly believe that there's a cure for the pandemic of negativity. The cure is encouragement. So today, I want to help us answer the question, how do we stay positive in such a negative world? world. I got four thoughts for you. We're going to go to the word of God, find many scriptures that encourage us today. The first one is this. We got to surround ourselves with the right people. Someone say right people. This, this could be the most important point of the whole message because you do know who you hang around is who you will become. And so your intentions could be, I'm a positive person, I'm going to stay positive, but because you've hung around too many negative people for too long, now you start to become like them. And your thought could be, I'm going to change them, right? I'm going to turn them into somebody positive, but the opposite usually happens, right? There's a man in the Bible, he's called the wisest man to ever live. His name was Solomon. But we find out he wasn't too wise, okay? He was wise in a lot of area with his money, and, and, uh, but Solomon walked in the ways of his father David and pleased God when he was made king. But something happened when he made a choice. Along the journey, he made this choice, and he married a pagan woman who influenced him negatively. He turned from God and started worshiping idols, all because of who he married. Oh, I got to tell the single people real quick, real quick, be very careful on who you marry. Come on. Is it all the time? People missionary dating. Come on now. Well, I'm going to change him. I'm going to change her. You're on a missionary date. You think you're going to change that person, and the opposite usually happens. Oh, yeah. They used to be sitting here, but they ain't no more because they didn't change them. They got changed. Be careful who you married. The wisest man in the world is called. He made a wrong decision by who he married, and it impacted his entire life. Hmm? 
Then Paul calls out the negativity that was happening with the church of Ephesus. And he actually warns the church of Corinth. Remember, Paul was a church planner. He'd go around. He was an apostle. He planted churches. And he's at the church of Corinth at this time. And they're talking about the negativity that the Ephesus church is speaking. And Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 15, 33. He says, don't be fooled by uh, those who say such things for bad company corrupts good character. So Paul is telling Christians, warning Christians to not be fooled by other Christians who are speaking negative. Are you with me? So just because someone has the label of a Christian doesn't mean we invite them into our life and into our space. We have to judge the fruit, the Bible says, right? And so Paul is saying, hey, you know, don't be fooled. Don't, don't listen to what they're saying. Just because they call themselves Christians because bad company corrupts good character. I mean, I've quoted this scripture for years to my kids countless times because it's so true, right? What and who you hang around is what you will become. You will become it. And, and that's just not a scripture for kids. That's a scripture for all of us. No matter how old we are, who we hang around, whatever their likes are, whatever their desires are, whatever their speech is, we will partake of their life in some way, right? So not only do we need the right people who are positive in our life, we need to be the right people to others. We need to be like Titus. We need to be, I think now more than ever in the time that we live in, we need some encouragers. We need people smiling. We need people laughing. Come on. Have you ever noticed like there's this, it's just changed. Things have changed. You go into stores, you go into restaurants, everybody's kind of on edge. Um, and so we need more people who will be the right people for others because everyone you see is facing a battle you don't know of. Everyone you see is going through something. And you may be the encourager. You may be the Titus that they needed to overcome what they're facing. And I love what Hebrews says, Hebrews 3.13, but encourage one another daily. Someone say daily. You should have a goal that every day I'm going to encourage at least one person. There's going to be one person that, God, you're going to send across my path to encourage because you have no idea what God might do with one single word of encouragement how it will lift somebody's spirit, how it will bring somebody out of that negativity maybe that they're surrounded with. This is so important that we speak words of life over our kids. You know, We're talking speaking words that lift them up, life-giving words that they need. Yes, we always correct the bad behavior, but you have to speak to the potential and the greatness that lies within your kids. Right? You, you, you have to speak words of life like you're so brave. You are a joy to be around. You are so kind. You are a gift from God. Words like that, uplifting them. And you may not see everything you're speaking right away, but God sees it all. God sees what they can become and what they will become. So let's speak words of life over our kids. It's so sad to hear how many parents talk down to their kids. They put them down. They call them names. It's, it's so sad. I'm sure it breaks the heart of God. We, as parents, should be the ones that encourage our kids and speak words of life to our kids. Uh, the other day, our family went out uh, thrift shopping. 
And we were at Goodwill. And uh, they were doing a little retail therapy. And uh, <laughs> they know I always wander around and find somebody to talk to. That's just what dad does. And so I moseyed up to the front and I found Cheryl. And Cheryl was running the front register and she was just smiling. And I said, Cheryl, I want you to know I've been in a lot of Goodwills, but never been in one this nice and this clean. You guys really take care of this place. She goes, yes, we do. And she goes, thank you for saying that to me. She just needed an encouragement. And we begin the conversation and five, six minutes later, Cheryl says, um, I'm in recovery. She said, I'm in recovery. And I said, Cheryl, so am I, right? Because everybody has a checkered past. Come on, somebody. Everybody has a checkered past. And she was saying, I, I have a past. I said, so do I, Cheryl. And we begin to talk and she began to talk about how she had some regrets of uh, how she was in addiction for so many years when her kids were being raised and she wasn't there for them. And she began to tell me her whole life story. And, and uh, before long, she said, finally, for the first time in my life, my son told me he loved me. And uh, I said, that's awesome, Cheryl. And, 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 you know, my son told me he forgave me for not being there for him when he was growing up. And I was in addiction and I wasn't there for him. And my daughter forgave me as well. And, and she said, uh, but there's just one thing, Jacob, I can't forgive myself. I can't forgive myself. I said, Cheryl, did you ask God to forgive you? She said, yeah. I said, then he's forgiven you. And you just told me your kids forgave you. Now, Cheryl, I want you to forgive yourself. And we talked a little bit about how to do that. And when we left, she, just, she, she was just cheesing. She was smiling. And my wife even forgot something at the register. She walked out into the parking lot. Hey, Tara, you forgot this. <laughs> the point is, everybody looking for encouragement. Don't judge the expression on their face. Allow God to lead you to encourage somebody this week. They need it. You need it. The world needs it. And if you can't find somebody positive, if you can't find somebody encouraging, be one. I'm preaching way better than you're letting on on this Memorial Day weekend. I feel like I'm at the races. Come on, somebody. Remember this. Write this down. Positive words are difficult to remember, so we need to say them often. But negative words are difficult to forget, so we need to stop saying them. We need to stop saying them. In our house, we say, you have garbage mouth or diarrhea of the mouth, excuse my expression, because we often will speak words that are negative and they're not life-giving to each other. And so we have to work on speaking positive words. Listen, in one study that they did, they said this, the brain believes negativity immediately, immediately. As soon as it hears it, it believes it. But it takes 15 seconds before the brain believes something positive. It takes 15 seconds. So we, we need to be around the right people, but we also need to be the right people. Like we need to go into our job this week and change the atmosphere in the break room because it's always, ah, oh, gas is high, groceries are, we all know it's high, right? None of us like it. If you like it, raise your hand. No, nobody does. And there's really nothing right now we can do about it but pray, right? So let's just move forward and let's trust God because he's our source 
And I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. And he's not going to start with you, and he's not going to start with me. Our God will take care of us. Not in the notes, but it was free. How do we stay positive in such a negative world? Number one, we need the right people. Number two, we need the right consumption. The right consumption. What are you listening to? What are you listening to on TV, on media, on the radio? What movies are you watching? What videos? What, what, what news are you watching? Because I believe we, if we have too much consumption, we can, it can have a negative impact and effect on our lives. There's this study done by Graham Davey, who was a college professor of psychology, and he says this very interesting study he did on the power of media and especially news, how it has an impact, a negative impact on our lives. And he says this, and I quote, more than half of Americans say the news causes them stress, and many report feeling anxiety, fatigue, or sleep loss as a result, the survey shows. Yet one in 10 adults checks the news every hour. And 20% of Americans report constantly monitoring their social media feeds, which often exposes them to the latest headlines, whether they like it or not. The report showed that in today's news, it is increasingly vital and shocking and points to the inclusion of smartphone videos and audio clips as examples. These bystander capture media can be so intense that they can cause symptoms of acute stress like problems sleeping, mood swings, or aggressive behavior, and even PTSD. Some of Davies' research has shown that negative TV news is a significant mood changer. Watch this. And the moods it tends to produce are sadness and anxiety. Our studies also showed that this change in mood intensifies the viewer's own personal worries, even when those worries are not directly relevant to the news stories being broadcasted. So if this evidence suggests the news can stress out people, then why do we keep going back for more? <laughs> right? I am a firm believer to stay informed, but I, I can testify that too much consumption of the news can have a negative impact on you because you start thinking about it. You can't get it out of your spirit. I believe we should be people that are informed, but when it comes to news and media, I believe there should be moderation. I believe it because most of the news is negative. In case you didn't know, the news and media sell fear, come on now, and negativity for profit. Because um, good news doesn't really sell. And so you, you have to know that when you flip the channel. I don't care what newscast you watch. I don't care if it's CNN, NBC, Fox. It doesn't matter. There's negative news all over. There's negative news all over. So we have to be careful. We have to be careful because I, I, I bet, I bet um, that you have found yourself in a state of high anxiety and stress because of what you've watched on the news. And I believe we could all say that. But I love what Proverbs says, Proverbs 16, 24. It says, nothing is more appealing than speaking, watch, beautiful, what? Life 
giving words. What do they do? For they release sweetness to our souls and inner healing to our spirits. Isn't that awesome? That when we speak life-giving words over ourselves, over our kids, over our spouse, over our coworkers, that it brings a sweetness to our souls and inner healing begins to take place when we speak life-giving words. How do we stay positive in such a negative world? Number one, we have to have the right people in our life. Number two, we have to have the right consumption. And number three is we have to have the right mindset. We have to have the right mindset. Because the reality is we can't eliminate all negativity that comes into our lives, but we can choose what we do with it when it comes. Amen? And that's what Paul talks about in Philippians 4, 8. And I love how the message translation reads. He says this, summing it up, friends, I'd say you'd do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. I love that Paul talks about that. And what he's saying is practice gratitude. Someone say practice gratitude. You know, when you find yourself kind of having a gloomy day, kind of looking at the glass half empty, you need to practice gratitude. This is one of the things that has helped me uh, because 1 Thessalonians 5, 8 says, give thanks in all circumstances, right? And that, that's hard to do, right? Wait, I don't, I don't give thanks for all the circumstances, but it says give thanks in the middle of the circumstances. And what I've found is when I sit down, when I find myself getting negative, when I find myself struggling in that area, I begin to sit down and write out the things I'm grateful for. And I begin to make a list. And, and, and every time I do it, the list is long. And if you sit down to do it, your list will be long. And next thing you know, I forget about the list of all the negative things that I was worried about. And I begin to focus. And then I have the right mindset. And then I, then I go to God's word and I find scriptures that say, I have the power to cast down thoughts and imaginations that exalt itself against the knowledge of God's word. So God has given you, if you're a believer, if you're a Christ follower, God has given you the power to capture those thoughts. How many of you know that there's going to be a lot of negative thoughts that come to our minds throughout the 24-hour period? But Paul said, you have the power. You have the power to say, no, I'm not going to allow that to run rampant in my mind. I'm going to cast those thoughts down. We have to learn to do this as believers if we're going to stay positive in a negative world. Because here's what I firmly believe. It's not going to get more positive. It's going to get more negative. I'm sorry to give you that negative news. <laughs> right? So we're going to have to focus on God's word and learn the power of capturing thoughts and the fact that we, we have power over the battle of the mind. The mind is going to be the battlefield for most of us every single day. We hear thoughts that are negative every single day from ourselves, from others, from the devil. And so we're going to have to learn to do that. And and in the scripture, in 1 Samuel, David did exactly that. David was having a real bad day. Have you ever had a real bad day? No, like like this was a real bad day. Like they attacked him, his army uh, at Ziglag, the Bible says, and they captured all their wives, their children, and destroyed the entire city. David was having a bad 
day. And the Bible says in 1 Samuel 36 that David began to encourage himself in the Lord. You need to learn to be your best cheerleader. Come on. Some of you are the hardest on yourself. You're so hard on yourself. David said, listen, I've learned what to do in the middle of a bad day when there's battles on the outside and fears on the inside. I have to learn to preach to myself. Have you ever preached to yourself? No, no, because I'm not going to be there on Wednesday, right? The worship team ain't going to be there on Thursday. Come on now. Well, they will be here this Thursday because it's first Thursday. (laughs) But you have to learn to preach to yourself. You have to learn to line up with the word of God and find these promises. Oh, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Oh, I'm the head and not the tail. Oh, God, you said when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death that you are with me. You don't leave me when I go through bad circumstances, when life throws me a curveball. You are there. Your word says that I can lift up my eyes from whence my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord. Come on, some of y'all need to learn to preach to yourself. Come on, your word says, and I'm certain that he who begun a good work in me will continue to bring it to completion until the day of Christ. No, devil, I don't fear of the future, for my God says he knows the plans that he has for me, plans to bless me, plans to prosper me, to protect me, and to give me a hope and a future. When I feel like I'm not enough as a mother, a father, I can say I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When I feel like my money is still funny, come on somebody, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. By the way, devil, I'm a tither. And because I'm a tither, I'm in covenant with God. And he said he would rebuke the devourer, the seed eater on my behalf. So God is praying on my behalf over my finances. I could go on and on and on, but I don't have enough time. You better learn to preach to yourself when there's battles on the outside and fears on the inside. You got to learn to get a word from God and begin to confess and confess it out loud. Confess it out loud. Let it come out of your mouth so your ears hear it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to help somebody. How do we stay positive in such a negative world? We got to have the right, right uh, people. We got to have the right consumption. We got to have the right mindset. And the last thing we got to have is the right perspective. The right perspective. The right perspective. What do we do when we are faced with so much negativity? We have to keep our eyes on Jesus. We have to keep our eyes on Jesus. What are we going to do if it gets worse? We're going to keep our eyes on Jesus. We're not looking to the left or the right. We're not looking to government. We're not looking to who's in the White House. We're not looking to anything. We're keeping our eyes on Jesus. Watch this. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, we, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, meaning... They're watching us in heaven. They're they're peeking over the banister of heaven. Your grandma, your grandpa, your aunts and your uncles, family members and children you've lost. They're peeking over saying, go, keep going. Keep going. 
Listen to what he says. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. How do we do this? How do we do this? By keeping our eyes on who? Who do we keep our eyes on? Jesus, the champion who initiates. Come on. He initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him. He endured the cross, disregarding its shame, now is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. I love that. What do we do? What do we do to stay positive in such a negative world? We have to learn to keep our eyes on Jesus. He's the main thing. He's the reason you're here right now. He's the reason you're living. We just read it. He's the author and the finisher of your faith, meaning he authored your life. He's the author of life, and he's going to be with you all the way to the end until it's all over. He's the author and finisher. Here's how we do it. We keep our eyes on him. We set aside the weights, the sins of this world that try to attach themselves to us, that hinder us in the race. We're in a race. I know there's a race going on right now, but we're in a race, and it's, there's much more at stake for this race. Come on now. It's not a trophy and millions of dollars. It's eternity. We're in a race, y'all. We got to keep our eyes on. We can't be so distracted with all the negativity going on around us. Let's be the joy to somebody's discouragement. Let's, let's be the peace that walks into our work environment and says, no, 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 we're not going to talk about how bad everything is in our country and in our city. And we're not going to talk bad about all the negative things. Let's talk about something good today. Let's rejoice that we're alive. Let's rejoice that we got breath in our lungs. Let's rejoice that God is still on the throne, that he's working on our behalf. We're not going to give up. We're not going to quit. Although life may get harder with probably more negativity coming at us and more bad news than good news. But as Christ followers, we must keep our eyes on Jesus no matter what happens. No matter what happens. Choose today to keep your eyes on him. Choose today to be like Titus this week. Be intentional. Find a Cheryl somewhere. Find somebody that you can encourage. Find somebody that you can lift up. We have enough people tearing each other down. We have enough people speaking ill, negative words about each other. Let's lift people up. Let's encourage each other. Come on now. What do you, what do you say, church? Let's do it this week. Let's do it this week. If you can't find someone to be positive, you be the one. You be the one in your family. Maybe it's in your home. Come on now. Maybe you be the one to step up and say, all right, enough is enough. We're no longer going to say those words over each other. We're no longer going to speak that doubt and that unbelief. Get the doubt out. We say that all the time in our house. Get the doubt out, right? We're going to be the ones that speak words of life, life giving words. How do we stay positive in such a negative world? We gather around the right people. People that lift us up. If you're, if you're hanging with people that tear you down, if you're hanging with people who always talk bad about God and his church, come on now, then you're going to be talking bad about God and his church. You're going to criticize on a Sunday. Come on, there are some people, they just like to criticize. Well, this and that, this is wrong and that is wrong. Get away from those people. Get around people who say, man, God is good. Come on now. The band may have missed a note, but God is still good. 
You may be singing off key, but God is still good. <laughs> Get around the right people. Have the right consumption of media and social media. For some of you, it's simply deleting a few apps on your phone because you know it's impacted you from this message that you just heard. You know, that's why. That's why I'm always grumpy. That's why I'm always mean to my kids. That's why I'm always upset when I go to work. I'm on social media all the time. I'm, I'm in the news all the time, and that's impacting my, my spirit. It's impacting my thought patterns. So I, I got to start consuming the right things. Take the time you would watch the news and get in the good news of the gospel and watch what happens. Watch what happens in your life, and then we can have the right mindset and know that, you know what? Sometimes we can't. We can't control the negativity that's coming at us, but we can control what we do with it when it comes to our minds. We, we can either let it roam in there or we can cast that thought down. And then we're always going to keep the right perspective. Jesus, you are the reason we're here. You saved us. You delivered us. You're going to stay with us to the very end. Whenever that is, Jesus, we, we look to you. We look to you. We, our eyes are gazing upon you in your goodness and your faithfulness. Amen. Were you blessed by the word today? Come on, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for speaking to us. Lord, for many of us, this is a word that we needed to help us to stay positive in such a negative world around us. So God, we just ask you, what are you saying to us through this message, Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me through this message? That's what I want you to ask him right now. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me through this message? How can I stay positive in such a negative world? For some of you, you know what it is. It's very clear. You have the wrong people around you. You have the wrong influences. And so the Lord is showing you right now those individuals that need to be cut out of your life. For some of you, it's the wrong consumption. You're consuming all the wrong things. It's causing <clears throat> stress. It's causing anxiety. It's causing depression. It's causing low self-esteem. It's causing a toxic home environment because you're fixated on all the bad. And God is saying, there's good out there. There's good people out there. There's good happening in the earth. There's good. Focus on that. Fixate on that. For others, it's starting to take control of that battle that happens in the mind every day for all of us and learning, learning and growing as a mature believer, knowing that I have the God-given power to capture those thoughts, that by the authority of Jesus, I don't have to allow those thoughts to roam in my mind. But there are certain things, according to the word, that I can do and I can speak that can bring peace to my mind, that can bring joy to my spirit. For someone, it's, it's the right perspective. I've been looking to everyone else for the answers. You've been looking to everything else. But today, you're going to focus your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. We're going to look to Jesus, looking unto Jesus. We look to you, Jesus. 
in these times when we have questions and maybe not enough answers, in these moments of tragedy that breaks our heart into a million pieces. We look to you. We look to you in these moments of increase in our economy. We look to you. We look to you. We don't know, but we know you do. So we look to you, Jesus, the author, finisher of our faith. While your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I want to invite somebody into this relationship with Jesus. You're in this building. You're watching online. It'd be our pleasure to pray with you. A very simple prayer of surrender, inviting Christ into your life. Maybe you've never done that before in your life. We'd love to do that in just a moment. Or maybe you're here and you're a Christian and uh, you've just fallen away from God for whatever reason. It'd be our honor to pray with you as well as you rededicate your life to Christ. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, we're not here to embarrass anybody or to call you up front or anything like that. But if you're here, if you're watching online and you're far from God or you need to rededicate your life to Christ, uh, I just want to see who I'm praying with today. Just go ahead and lift up your hand and wave it to me. Come on, if you're ready to accept Jesus, thank you, thank you. Leave it up for just a moment, just a moment, and then you can put it down. Thank you for all those hands. Thank you, thank you. Anyone else saying, I'm ready to commit my life to Christ for the first time, or I'm ready to rededicate my life to Jesus? Throw up that hand. Thank you. I see that hand in the back. Awesome. 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 Let's pray, church, with everyone. Say, Jesus. Come on, say, Jesus. Today, I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. I believe that you died upon the cross for my sins. I repent of those sins today, and I make you the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Somebody rejoice with heaven today for the hands up. Come on, let's celebrate. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with others. You can take a screenshot, post it on your social media, and tag us. If you ever have the opportunity, we'd love for you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings. For more information on our locations and service times, please visit us at thefuelchurch.com. We hope this message inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey. See you next week.